Welcome! This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. Alright, um, this month we have been talking about um, the topic we've been training this month. This month has been Teach Us to Pray. Today is the last Thursday of the month. Uh, so this will be the last time we'll talk about it. I'll try to do a revision or a recap. Then um, there's one last thing I think we should mention before we wrap up the uh, discussion this month. So our topic has been teach us to pray. Can we say together? Say teach us to pray. I can't hear your voices. Okay. And uh, I, I, started, I started discussing it by looking at Matthew chapter 6. And I think we'll still read Matthew chapter 6 today. Or um, I think I also read Luke, Luke chapter 11. But I'll do, we'll read uh, Matthew chapter 6 today. Um, to just do a recap and then I'll make some of the points I think we need to mention before we wrap up the topic. So the first, the first discussion we had, we talked about kind of prayer or the the posture we should have when we pray. We talked about the posture we should have when we pray and we had said that the prayer that Jesus recommended in Luke 11 and in Luke 11 was a prayer for sons, right? And we had explained why because he had said that at the beginning of his prayer he had said our father what in heaven and so we said that implied relationship and then went on to look at other parts of that prayer and so we said it was recommended for sons so the communication of with god in prayer is meant for people who have received sonship who have come into sonship with god through christ through the finished work of jesus christ how many people remember that conversation okay and so we also looked at what was relevant to us when we pray. We said when we pray, we do not come demanding. We do not come feeling dejected or feeling unqualified. That when we pray, we come boldly as sons. And we come to fellowship with our Father. We come to talk to Him and we come to hear from Him. Right? We, we talked about that. Okay. Uh, Pastor Obey also came and then did some really good work talking about how we pray how we should pray how we shouldn't pray how many people remember pastor based conversations okay so if you have not learned anything one of the few things you would have gotten is that as a christian as a believer you are not unqualified to pray even if you had fallen into sin even if you think you have done something wrong you are not unqualified to pray Right? You are not less qualified to pray than any other person. We also talk about the scripture that says that we should come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain what? Mercy. It says if you are come, when you are coming to the throne of grace to obtain mercy, when you are coming for mercy, when you have done something wrong, when you need mercy, it says come boldly. So even when you are wrong, even when you have, even when you feel that you have definitely been disqualified from his presence. He says, come boldly. Hallelujah. 
And we also had mentioned that no one person is more qualified to pray than another. God is not more likely to hear your prayer because it is somebody else that is praying it to him. Right? The difference between you praying and receiving answers and someone else praying and receiving answers is understanding of relationship. Are we together? Is what? Understanding of relationship. Prayer is for every believer. Okay. So, before I move on to the last part I want to talk about, I want us to just read Matthew chapter 6 from verse 5. The actual uh, prayer starts from verse 8. But I want us to read from verse 5. Jesus had a, there's a conversation Jesus was having or a statement he was making. and I want us to consider it a bit. So, Matthew chapter 6 verse 5. He says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. I'll end here. I'll stop now and then we'll continue later. It says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. And he tries to explain how the hypocrites pray. pray. He says, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. And he says, assuredly I say to you, they have their reward. There are certain times we believe that the most effective prayer is the prayer that is done without shame or the prayer that is done publicly. So people tend to feel that when you pray outside, and when you shout, or when your when your praying is obvious, that it means that you are doing it confidently and you are not ashamed of God. There's some element of truth to that. But you see, prayer, the way it was taught by Christ, is an intimate relationship between you and God. Right? The essence of that relationship. It's not for people to see that you have that relationship or for you to declare to everybody that you are very good at that relationship. It is for you to actually truly be a reflection of God. For you to show him forth, not to be seen, but to actually be him. I don't know if if what I'm saying is is clear. The reason for your prayer is not so that I can see that you are a good prayer warrior. In fact, I don't believe in anything as prayer warrior. I think the term prayer warrior is is fallacious at the very least. When you say, it's a concept that has been used a lot. When you say you're a prayer warrior, there is a common misunderstanding with it. So, I, don't be, I personally don't believe in it. I'm not saying you are wrong if you do. I'm just saying I don't believe in that term. And here's why. The prayer that is recommended in Scripture is a prayer that is between you and God, where, whereby you take on God's image, you take on God's expectation, you take on God's ideology, you share yours with His and get confirmation from Him about yours. Right? The implication of that prayer is what is seen, not the process of the talking. However, what has happened is that we focus on the process of the talking 
or the process of the praying rather than on actual implication of the prayer that we have prayed. And I'll explain it. If I say I am a good, I pray a lot, I interact with God a lot. When you when I come to church where everybody's praying, I'm shouting and everybody's hearing me pray. Right? My whole neighbors hear me pray. But then I come out and the very thing that comes out of me is like something that was brought up from the, the very deepest parts of hell. It means that the prayer that I claim to actually have prayed has no implication in my life. Does that make sense? And prayer is supposed to, prayer being a conversation between me and God, is supposed to bring alignment between me and God, such that everything that then comes out of me produces something that is from God. So if I publicly declare to pray, shout in public, or pray in public, and I am seen to pray, but what comes out of me does not align with what is godly, then it means that there's something wrong. I am actually not prayed. I have probably just shouted in public. Because it is not possible for you to have consistent conversations with God and produce fruits that are, uh, that are not like unto God. Does that make sense? So here's the point. That when you pray, do not be like hypocrites. Don't pray to be seen to pray. Don't pray to be declared as somebody who is an authority on prayer. Does that make sense? You don't pray because you want people to see that you pray. And a common example people give is the story of Daniel. But what they forget to understand is that Daniel had always prayed. He had always prayed like that. He had always prayed like that. He, was, he, was not, he wasn't praying so that he could see that he was praying. He had always prayed. So, you find out that many people, even though there are twice, two, two sides to this story, to this situation, some people don't pray personally. They only pray when we pray in church. There's a good part of it. it it's, it's, sometimes people are trying to develop it, and we will talk about that. But sometimes, people just keep the facade of prayer, especially when we are in public. But that's not what prayer is about. Prayer isn't about the shouting. Prayer isn't about the healing. It doesn't matter whether you're shouting or you're not shouting. It doesn't matter whether you're quiet. It doesn't matter if you, are, if you are humming or whatever. What matters in prayer is the communication that you're having and him who you're having that communication with. Are we together? That's what matters in prayer. So Jesus says, do not be like the hypocrites who pray so that they can be seen to pray. Who do the things that they do to show off? That's not why we do it. And he says they already have their reward. Since you have seen them or you have clapped for them, the truth is that they were not talking to God. They were talking to the people watching them. Are we together? So prayer is between you and God, not between me and you. Are we together? Okay, let's move on. So verse 6 says, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will do what? Will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So Jesus says, when you pray, go into your closet. Lock your doors. 
and pray to your father who is in secret. And the first thing somebody will say to me is, oh, are you saying that um, maybe when I go to, when I pray outside, that God doesn't hear me? No. That's not the point of his conversation. His conversation was that you are praying to your father who you know in secret, who hears you in secret, even in secret. So when you have that communication with him, don't do it because of people who will see you. Do it in a secret place. Do it in a place where you can have interaction with him personally. Right? And if you know the story of Jesus, the Bible says he often went out early in the morning, the early hours of the day, to pray personally. Right? Many of those times he went alone. In fact, just before he walked on water, he had gone to pray alone. And as in the case of the garden of his prayer in the garden of Gethsemane, he had invited some of his disciples to go pray with him. Right? So he, he is saying, prayer is not for sure. It's you talking to a God that can hear you in secret. So when you pray, pray in that understanding that I am talking, it is between me and my heavenly father. Right? So the focus of my prayer is on God. Do as much as you can. Keep your mind with God. Go into a place where you know that you can quietly stay with him without distractions. Are we together? Are we together? That's what's most important. He says, for the Father who sees you in secret, who knows the, most, the innermost parts of your heart, will reward you in public. Are we together? He said, do not use vain repetitions. Here's the thing with vain repetitions. When you chorus it a lot, sometimes it loses the essence of the thing that you are saying. Many times, when we do the simple thing we do in church when we close, we say, oh, let's share the grace and fellowship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, with us now forevermore. Amen. It has become a rhythm. We just say it. We no longer have time to meditate on the actual implication of what we are saying. Does that make sense? So, when you use vain repetitions, you are praying just, oh, this is, the, this is what we say when we pray. You lose the essence of, essence of the communication. It's not the, repeti- it's not the religion of prayer that God wants. It's the interaction with you that he wants. And that interaction actually comes from the focus of your mind and spirit. So when you use vain repetitions, most times you lose that focus. Because you are just re- reciting something that you have crammed somewhere. And so there's no actual communication. It's just you talking and blabbing. Are we together? I remember in the, um, the, the first Thursday fix I, talked, I took this topic, I was saying that prayer is something that is spiritual because sonship is by spirit. Sonship is by being led by the Spirit of God. And if Jesus, says this, if Jesus recommends a prayer for, of sons by saying our Father, it means that the communication with God is by spirit. But here's what happens. Most times when you use vain repetitions, when you just recite something over and over and over again, when you are saying it most times, you... So you are not saying it from somewhere deep. You are just saying it as a recitation. Most times, that's what happens. So what happens is that your mouth has talked, but your mind hasn't heard what your mouth said, and your spirit has not talked, spoken anything yet. But God is a spirit. And so every communication with God has to be spiritual. The beautiful thing is that you are a spirit. And the fact is that the spirit that you have in you is the spirit of God. Are we together? So let's move on. 
Because do not use revenge repetitions, right? When you pray. That's what the hidden do. Say for they think that they will be heard by their many words. Some other people think that prayer is, is best answered when it is articulately put. We used to have a conversation growing up that God understands all languages. That every language you speak, God understands it. And the truth is that you are correct. He understands every language. But a while ago, I started to realize this. God does not think in Yoruba, Ibo, Ausa. He thinks in the intent of your heart. If everything you say comes from your heart, and he understands the language of the heart, it doesn't matter what you say outside, what matters is what is going on inside here. Because he sees that, he understands that. Are we together? He understands that. So the most important language in the world is the language of the heart, and that's the language that most men can see. But that's the language that God understands. So, he's hearing you, he's understanding you. It's not in the eloquence of your speech, in the eloquence of the words you use in praying. It's not in the how well articulated your prayer is. It's about where you are communicating from and what you are communicating in that place. Are we together? But a lot of people think, focus on the articulate or eloquence of their speech. And then we lose the essence of prayer. Hallelujah. It says, therefore, verse 8, be not like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Remember how we just said, he knows your heart. He sees your heart. He reads the language of your heart. So before you pray, before you talk to him, he already knows what you want. And I remember also earlier when I was, when I, um, I think the, first, uh, the second week or so, that I was taking this and I, say, I had said that even Pastor Duke had talked about it when he, when he talked about how to fast and pray, the right way, fasting, fasting and pray, the right, right way to do it. Praying most times is for you to align. You are not about to shock God with what you want to request. He's not about to be surprised with what you are about to say. So, most times, what is necessary in prayer is your alignment, not you telling God. Because he already knows. If we, if we say that God is omniscient, or he knows all things, it means that he already knows it. And he sees the intent of your heart. Jesus here says, he knows what you want to ask before you ask. So why does he want you to pray? So you can receive an alignment. So you can come to him and say, oh, this is what actually is in my heart. And then you can also hear him say, this is how to go about it. So prayer mostly is for you than it is for God. The things you are going to say in prayer mostly is for you than it is for God. But what he wants it's not because he wants you to tell him. It's because he wants you to hear him. It's because he wants you to acknowledge him. So when you pray by dumping requests and just walking away, what you are doing is falling short of the essence of prayer. The request you are coming to dump on God is not a request that is new or strange to him. It's not new or strange to him. 
It is your heart coming to talk to him that is more important. That's what's fresh. That's what's new. That's what you are bringing. But when you don't bring your heart and you just dump your requests and walk away, you are falling short of the actual essence of prayer. Are we together? So verse 8 again says, Therefore, be not like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before asking. Before you ask, he already knows what you need. In Luke, after he had given the lost prayer, he goes on to make an example and says, oh, sorry, it's in Luke. He says, oh, um, which of you will he says, ask and you will receive, uh, seek and you will find. And after he had talked about it, he says, which of you will your children ask for uh, bread and you give them a stone? Right? He already knows what you want to ask. He knows what you need. And he will give you what you need. Problem is that 90% of the time, we don't even know what we need. We don't know what we need. We know what we want, but we don't know what we need. And in economics, there's a difference between want and need. Right? So we know what we want. I'm like, oh God. See, I want to marry that beautiful girl, the one that won Miss World last year. And he's like, no. That's not what you need. But I'm going to pray. I'm praying in my prayer points and say, God, I want to marry Miss World. Or you are saying, oh God, I want to buy a Range Rover autobiography. No, that's not what you need. Right? What you need is a good BRT card. And he says, no, father! Range Rover autobiography. And he says, no, I give you now, you die next year. Take the BRT card, buy the Range Rover 10 years or 15 years time. You're like, no, father! Well, those are simple joke examples. But the essence of it is understood, right? Many times we do not know what we need. We know what we want. So when we come in prayer, he already knows what we need. And as we pray, we get aligned. We begin to understand what he sees. Because he sees the future. He sees what you don't see. He understands what you don't understand. He knows what you don't know. So I'm praying for, you're asking God for visa to Canada or visa to Ukraine. Father, provide visa. And he says, no. You should be praying for Return ticket for one-way ticket. But I caught. They're like, no. I want Ukraine. I want Canada. Everybody's going to Canada and they're doing well. He says, yes. I'm the one sending them there. For you? But I caught. Why? Because he's already seen the end. Hallelujah. So when we pray, we pray. We come to him with our needs or with our requests or we come to him to have conversation to explain or to talk to him about what we think but also and ultimately to understand what he thinks. Hallelujah. That's the reason we don't pray for show. That's the reason we don't pray using vain, word, vain repetitions so that we can actually focus and have a conversation with him rather than just pouring out words. 
Hallelujah. Are we together? This is how we pray. This is how we should pray. This is the mindset to pray. Have a mind that is genuinely open to communicate with God when you pray. Rather than a mind that is coming to dump requests and receive answers. Amen. So the last thing I want us to talk about, I think we should talk about this before we go, is before we end this um, uh, topic this month. How do we then improve our prayer life? How do we develop our habits? What are some of the things that we can do to develop a prayer habit? And I think in one of the school of the world classes, we, have, uh, we had this conversation. I think it was last week Sunday. We had, was it? No, the upper Sunday, we had this conversation about what are some of the things we can do to improve on our prayer lives? And um, one of the easiest things to do is to pray with time schedule. And you say, why would you say pray with time schedule? The Bible says pray without season. I will explain it. It's a starting point. If you notice that you don't pray at all, start by scheduling it. So at least give your mind a sense of expectation that I need to pray at some point. At least start by scheduling it. So, um, the natural thing that people do is that some people schedule in the morning when I wake up or in the night before I go to bed. Some people will then add lunch. Right? Start by scheduling it. If, if, if where you are is so bad that you can go weeks without even talking to God, why not start by scheduling it? Set an alarm. If you wake up by 6 a.m., set an alarm for 6.10 or 6.05. At the moment you wake up, you remember that you have to talk to God. Let it just be a routine that you do. I talk to God by 6, 6.05 a.m. Or I talk to God by 8 a.m. Or I talk to God by 10 a.m. Just set, create a schedule first. Start, start. That's a starting point. Start from there. Create a schedule. Right? If you do that over time, it becomes a habit. And then you know, oh, by this time I have to pray. I have to talk to God. When you have moved from there, that's not how you should pray. But that's a place to start. Saying that, oh, I want to develop my prayer life. I want to improve on it. That's a place to start from. But from there, where you're supposed to now move to is somewhere where you can talk to God about everything and pray at every time. So before you do anything, just talk to him. I wake up in the morning and say, Father, thank you. I just woke up. You don't have to do a long, it doesn't have to be a long prayer. You don't have to kneel down by your bed and say, in Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, I ask that you forgive me my sins so that you will hear my prayer. As I pray today, take away my iniquity in Jesus' name. Point one, Father, this morning I come to you. I want to pray. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that I'm alive in Jesus' name. Point two, Father, this morning I want to also thank you for my family. It doesn't have to be monotonous. Right? Just have conversation with him. Right? So from having regular routine, move to talking to him about everything. As simple as it is. I remember as a as a very young teenager, probably around 13, I had to watch myself because at the point I felt that I was running, like I was beginning to behave like a mad person. Because I'd be walking on the street and I'd be talking. And then sometimes I'll catch myself talking. Like I'm talking to them, I'm like, brother, I'm just talking and walking. And then sometimes I catch myself that my mouth is actually moving. I notice that oh, it's possible that people are looking at my mouth move. They probably think that this young child is running 
mad. So just imagine it, right? But well, at some point, I stopped. I wish I could. Maybe I should try and go, but maybe not pray out loud, but be able to talk to him about everything. But that's that's the point of it. Talk about you don't need to say it loud so that we don't start considering putting you in chains. But yes, the thing. Try to try to talk about talk to him about everything. Just try to talk to him about everything. As you want to dress, oh Lord, but I want to have a nice dress on this morning. Can you help me dress? What shirt should I wear? It sounds very stupid, right? But I can guarantee you that God is interested in every bit and part of your life. As shocking as it might be. One day you probably put on a hat and somebody just walks up to you and talks to you and says, well, I like your hat. That's the beginning of a conversation that leads you to a place that God wants you to be. That's your work. Do you understand? So, Earlier, just a few seconds ago, it looked stupid to talk to God about what you want to wear, right? Right? But now you can see that a good conversation can start based on the hat you're wearing. Right? So just talk to him about it. The reason, one of the reasons it's difficult to talk to God about everything because we have developed a habit of only going to him when the thing is hard and there's nothing we can do about it. So it sounds stupid to talk to God about what you are wearing. I'm not saying tell him to show you the clothes you want to wear. That's the hard part. You can tell him that. I'm saying as simple as, oh God, I want to wear this, this black dress today. Let it look good on me. As simple as that. Or do you like this dress I'm wearing too? As simple as that. If you learn, when you learn to talk to God about everything, what happens is that there becomes nothing in your life that you don't talk to him about. Eventually, you, you, you realize that there's nothing in your life that you don't talk to him about. And because you always talk to him, subconsciously your mind is always waiting to have a conversation with him. So if you move, you move from a scheduled, from scheduled time, oh, 6 a.m., the problem is that is that 6 a.m. that we live in. Once you press 6 a.m., that's where we want to stay. We pray before we wake up. And our prayer when we wake up is, Lord God, I covered the room with the blood of Jesus. The car I'm going to the blood of Jesus. Driver, blood of Jesus. Office, blood of Jesus. Boss, blood of Jesus. Breakfast, blood of Jesus. Lunch. I cover everything. Then as I'm returning back to, repeat the process. Everything, blood of Jesus. They are reaching the night. Then the night, you say, as I sleep, my dream, I cover with blood of Jesus. People I would dream about. So, and then we stayed there. 20 years a believer, that's where you still are. Prayer for you is something that is done in the morning and the night. So, that's just a starting point. That's like how you just learn to know that you need to pray. You're supposed to move from that point. You're supposed to move from there. Because God always wants to talk to you. The Bible says you should pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping. Ceasing, as in C-E-A. Pray without ceasing. Are you still with me? So you are supposed to move from there to praying. 
talking to him about everything. When you talk to him about everything, you realize that you pray every time and anywhere. You pray every time and everywhere. As you're about entering the bus, say, Father, please, I don't want my call to get on. Thank you. Think it's not important? It's not important, right? <laughs> Are we together? So learn to pray anytime and anywhere. Another thing that I don't know, I don't know if this works for everybody, but what I've realized is that sometimes when you listen to worship music, it helps you get in the mood to pray. Is there any other person that that thing helps? Okay. When you listen to worship music, it helps you get in the mood to pray. So if that works for you, listen to worship music a lot. Listen to worship music a lot. And listen to worship music that actually worships. So you can use the lyrics and the words to worship. Not worship music that emphasizes your problems. Those ones usually lead you to sadness, sorrow, and fear. Right? Listen to worship music that emphasizes God. And you realize that over time, as you listen to it, you end up talking, you end up communicating, you end up talking to God. That also helps. So, another way to do, to develop a prayer habit would be to listen to worship music. And then sing along, worship along. The truth is that when you are worshiping God, it's actually prayer. Because it is communication with God. I, once, I was once talking to um, a program team and I was saying... Oh, we must schedule this amount of time for prayer during service. So I asked the person, I said, when we worship, what are we doing? So what is prayer? And when we worship, what are we doing? Worship different from prayer. If you are genuinely worship, worshiping, if you genuinely worship and you are genuinely worshiping, what you are doing is communicating with God. And if you listen to the songs that you, that you sing, if you actually take note of the things that you are saying when you sing, you are sometimes talking to him and sometimes you are telling him to talk to you. There are songs like that. Are we together? So if you are genuinely worshipping with those songs, you are singing, say you are worshipping by singing, and you are genuinely worshipping with those songs, what you are doing is prayer because it is communication with God. Okay? So, if Listening to worship music and worshiping along, singing along helps you pray. Then that's fine. Personally, this helps me. So, most times you always see me going around with, an, with my earpiece. When I'm in a space that I just use funny, just plug my earpiece on my phone and put it in my ears and I start to play. Around everywhere that's my own. It's deliberate. Right? It may not work for everybody, but it works for some people I know. So if that works for you, do that. Another thing that works for people is to pray with others. Have a team that you pray with for two reasons. One is for accountability, and then one, the other reason would be that you can you can draw strength from other people. Are we together? So praying with others helps also. Find Find a team that you pray with. Find somebody who likes to pray. Find somebody who you think will be able to spend time together with you to pray. So you can draw strength from them. 
can also learn from their own uh, prayer life. I've mentioned praying about anything. Talk to him about anything. Talk to him about everything. He wants to hear you talk to him. Okay? Then always seek his opinion. I know it is funny that I'm bringing this one out because it's almost in talk to him, talking to him about everything. But always seek his opinion. So when you are praying, don't just... Don't, it is bad, actually, in communication when you go to a conversation all knowing or having only one way you want it to go. It's bad for, com- for communication. In prayer, it is, it is not the best going to God. Just, oh God, as I'm coming to you, I want you to provide me a red shirt that I will wear tomorrow morning. And I want the red, I want you to give me 2,000 naira. So, let me make it actually realistic. I want you to give me 20,000 naira so that I can go to CM Lewin shop in Lekki Place 1 and buy a red, long sleeve, slim fit shirt. That's the prayer you want God to answer for you. And he's saying your neighbor has a brand new red shirt. That is nice. That's closer to you. You don't even have to enter bus from or drive down to Lake Ephesus. Neighbor has a red shirt. It's brand new. He's not using it. He's not going to use it. I want you to just, just walk to him. You are going to see him downstairs now as you are coming out. Just tell him that you need the red shirt. But you're like, no! I need 20,000. So what I'm saying is, when you talk to God, whatever it is that you're talking to him about, always have it at the back of your mind that you want to hear what he thinks. Say, God, what do you think? You're like, oh, how do you hear from God? It's simple. Any way you hear, God talks to you in the way that you hear and understand. The way he talks to me will be different from, might be different from the way he talks to you. Because the way you hear and understand is probably different from the way I hear and understand. Right? Always seek his opinion. If he knows that you, if you are genuinely open and seeking to hear him, you will hear him. Because he's always talking. Are we together? Always seek his opinion. Always seek his opinion about what you talk to him about. Okay. Final two points. Pray his word. When, you, when you're struggling for what to say, I've said talk to him about everything. That should make it easy for you to pray. Just say anything. Father, this hat I'm wearing, I hope it's nice. Thank you for it. I was having a conversation with a friend today. He had been struggling with pain for a while and yesterday was particularly serious so he went to the hospital today and he was complaining in the morning and then by the afternoon when he came out from the hospital we were talking about his experience and then he was telling me that that when he got to the hospital that he started to thank God for his good health. Like somebody who was in pain is still in pain. Has to go through a lot of scans and tests. That's the next process for him. He needs to go through a lot of scans and tests so that they can determine what is wrong with him or what needs to be done. He is in the hospital and he's thanking God for good health. Like, I got there and I saw cases that were worse than my own. That I was in pain. But I walked here and I wasn't limping. He said, inside me I feel like I'm limping. But if you watch me, I am not limping. I am in pain, but I walked here. And I am really not limping. 
but I am in pain. But I saw people that didn't walk here. That had to be carried here. They couldn't walk here. So I started to thank God that I am not, I am not even that bad. That mine is not that bad. Why did I bring this story up? Always thank God for the simplest things. So if you are struggling with what to say, thank him for the simplest things. Because those things that you think are simple and easy are things that people are praying for. There are things that people are praying for. They know. That's not what they are praying for. I want to gain admission to the university. I have my SSE. I need to pass UME or post UME. There's somebody who's just struggling to find school fees to pray, to pay, to complete secondary school. But you have it. Right? So, thank him for, just talk to him about everything. Thank him for everything. Pray his words. That's the other point I was going to make. Pray his words. Two things praying his word does for you. If you always seek to pray the word of God, it means that you always seek to know the word of God. One of the fastest ways to receive results is to pray with understanding. Jesus says, you ask and receive not. Why? Because you pray and miss. You pray to satisfy your selfish ambitions. Why is he saying? You don't even understand what God says about it. So you are going to him to tell him to do what he has said that you shouldn't do. So pray his word. Understand his word. What does his word say about this thing? And go to him and say, Father, your word says this about this thing. And I want to do, I want this according to your word. And then seek to hear him. You are more likely to find answers quickly or quicker than somebody who doesn't understand those processes. Are we together? Pray his word. Lastly, always look out for God always answers. God always answers. God always answers. Sometimes the answer may not be the one you are are expecting. But he always answers. So as with the example of the red shirt. You want 20,000 naira. Go and buy a red shirt in TM Lewin shop. And you say, God, I need a red shirt. And he says, there's a red shirt. I gave it to your neighbor a month ago because I knew you would need it today. All you need to ask your neighbor for it. If you are busy looking for who will, how you will get 20,000 naira. And he has answered your prayer by providing a red shirt that you don't need 20,000 naira to buy. But you still don't know that there's a red shirt. Because you are not listening, you are not hearing his answer. You are listening to hear your own answer. Does that make sense? You are listening to hear your own answer. So you are not hearing the answer that he has given you. God always answers. So when you go to him, always seek answers. Always look out for his answers. Are we together? Always look out for his answers. Ultimately, to develop a prayer lifestyle is to do Repetition, they say, is the law of lasting impression. Repetition, they say, is the law of lasting impression. Something that must become a habit is something that must be done over time. You want to develop a prayer life, learn to talk to God often, always. Do it consistently and continuously. It will become a habit. 
and there's no law on how you should pray. You don't have to sit down and close your eyes and bend your head. You also don't have to jump up and shout. Just do what is comfortable for you. What helps you concentrate and focus on talking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there anybody that has a question on this discussion? Any question? I know we dealt with questions last week. And one of the interesting ones I still remember was the question on whether it is right to pray for people to die. I remember, I remember it because I wasn't very happy with the scripture that was read. I liked the question. I wasn't very happy with the scripture that was read because I felt like it was twisting scriptures. I wasn't happy with the scripture that was read. That's why I remember the conversation. How do I know it is the Spirit of God talking to me? That your question is a series on its own. How to hear from God. I think we have treated that topic in this church before. How to hear from God. But I'll give you a nutshell. Hearing, knowing, and understanding somebody else requires spending time with the person. If I close my eyes and ask each person in this hall, or at least the four, these four people that are sitting right in front of me here now, to talk. If I close my eyes and each of you says something, I can tell you who's talking. You know why? I've known Hope for over six years. I've known Maya for almost as long. I've known you for at least three years. I, I've not known him for that long. So I can pick Hope's voice. I can pick Maya's voice. I can pick your voice. And then I can subtract the difference. Do we understand? I can subtract the difference to then get his voice. Does that make sense? Hearing from God requires spending time with him so you can know that this is God. I'll give an example with the scripture that was read. I was talking about the example of the question that was asked on Sunday morning. And the scripture that was read is in Luke. I can't remember where in Luke. Luke 19. And in that scripture... The verse that was read was... Oh, can I remember that verse? Uh, let me see if I can get it. Luke 19.29. Luke 19.29. Nope. Not Luke 19.29. Yeah, 27, exactly. It's 27. So, Luke 19, 27 says, But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. And it is written in red. And we know that is word of Christ in red. And here was the conversation. We're talking about, should you pray for your enemies to die? And somebody said, read Luke 19, 27, and we read it, and it says, this is words of Christ in red. But here was the thing. The moment they read it, I said, that's not the word of Jesus Christ. I just knew that it was not the word of Jesus Christ. How did I know it was not the word of Jesus Christ? Is it because I'm a genius? No. Because I already know that Jesus, the Bible says, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you will open. He's not talking about believers. He says he's standing at the door of your heart and knocking for you to open. The person who has not yet received him into his heart, is that person a believer? So to an unbeliever, he's standing at the door. He's that close. He's standing at the door of the heart of an unbeliever, knocking for the unbeliever to open. And he says in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world, the world, not believers, 
the world, every human being, that he gave his only begotten son that who, whoever receives him will not perish. The essence of the life of Christ was so that nobody will perish. How can the person who came to live, to die for nobody to perish, be saying, gather those who do not want me to reign over them and bond them? That's the example of what I said when I said, I know you, I know you, I know you, I don't know him. So if you talk, you talk, you talk, and he talks, I'll pick the ones I know and subtract the one I do not know. So what I simply did was to take what I know of Jesus Christ and subtract what I know it was not him. Because I would then be able to hear this voice and say, this voice is not him. Are we together? So your question is, how do I know if it is the Lord that is talking to me when I'm receiving answers, when I'm listening for answers, how do I know if it's God talking to me? You will know by spending more time knowing him, seeking to know him, studying his word. Pray. The more you talk to him, the more you hear him. The more you talk to him, the more you hear him. When you first get to class and your class teacher is talking to somebody outside, you may not know it's your class teacher. So if you are like in just secondary school, you just resume secondary school, the very first class. And then there's a lady talking in the balcony. You can't see the person, but you can hear the voice. Can you tell who the person is? But when she comes into your class, introduces herself to you as a class teacher, she does it day one, she comes day two, day three, day four, the first week, the second week, the third week. By the fourth week, if you hear her talking in the balcony again without seeing her, can you tell it's your class teacher? How do you know? Because you have heard her over time. Another thing that Pastor Amma would, like Pastor Amma would say is, confirmed by the word of God. God and his word are one. God doesn't change. His word will not change. Do you understand? God cannot give you an answer that is contrary to his word. If God gives you an answer that is contrary to his word, it means that God does change. It means that he's no longer the same yesterday, today, and forever. Are we together? That's the, that's the, I, I think that's all the answer I have to give you. But hearing from God requires consistency. You, you are hearing now. You will hear now. But the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Because you can then tell the difference. Are we together? I once heard, so I don't know, I don't know if it directly relates, but it seems like it does. I once heard a line that says, you must tr- trust, your, trust your intuition. Trust your intuition. Right? Trust your instincts. But the best instincts are developed in failure. Like, how do you, how do you say trust your instinct? But here's the thing. For you to develop good instincts, you must have heard, trusted, and heard, and not follow. Then you hear, you follow. The other time you hear, not follow. Next time you hear, you follow. Next time you don't know, ah, no. Anytime I hear this thing like this, I must do it. Because every time I don't do it, Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Godful Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at CGMI underscore Springs.